You do what you got to do. You do the things that you need to do. You understand? I do. Okay. Okay. Okay, my didn't actually fall off. Good. I'm not sure I could tell if it did. Can we say that, though? You cut all this out. I I, I would just assume that I'd lost a little weight. Very, very, very little weight. Hey, look at that. I'm I'm down a tenth of an ounce. What are you, on a scale? Like a sliding scale? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I've never understood that phrase, sliding scale. It's like a slide rule, but bigger. Isn't that where you go somewhere and you say, you know, it's an art show, please pay something, sliding scale, like a museum? Is that how that works? A sliding scale, yeah. It's it's like where everybody should have a chance to see or do whatever it is that they're that they're pimping. And they understand that not everybody maybe can afford the price, so they adjust the price based on what you can do. It seems like passive-aggressive donation wear. Like you'd say to somebody, well, here's, my, here's my, my, my crappy Windows golf game. I'd like it to be $4.99. But if you want to pay 50 cents, I guess that'll have to be okay with me. If you want to, if you want to come in and see this, uh, this uh, you know, uh, paper mache vulva that I've made, I'd like you to pay $14. But if you think it's uh, worth less than that, well, I guess that's just typical. I don't know. Should we have a sliding scale? Good week for you so far. Oh, big week. It's been a huge week. Big. Oh, well, my well, gosh. Where do I begin? The news about Marco, not a bad place to begin. Talk, did we, did we talk, talk about it a little bit last week. You're in my... Uh, uh, the news about in, Marco. Hmm? Big news about Marco. What was there more big news? Did somebody email him? They're having a kid. Uh, we talked about that on the last show. Uh, and, it's, and, and, and the one where you apparently talked to him about minivans is cute on my in, Instacast. I just haven't listened yet. Cute or cued? It's very cute. It's very cute. <laughs> cute on my That's like a rating. What they, they, they go? What'd you guys go with for that song? What is that? I have no idea. Somebody sent that in. Huh? Huh? Hmm. He loves it, and that's all that counts. Well, no, you know, nobody else. Nobody else in the whole audience likes it, but him. But that doesn't no. matter. It's his show. So it's his show. He's going to spend so much in the next few years being unhappy. <laughs> if he wants some hippie pants song playing, God bless him. You can, uh, you know, a lot of those minivans now, they have like a line in so you can listen to that stuff. In your they car. do. It's a lifesaver. They thought yeah. everything in these things. You know what he's thinking? He's thinking, I'm going to play a little bit of this hippie pants music and they're going to say, no, SpongeBob. And you're going to listen. He's going to have to listen to Where's Gary 14 times, which luckily is a terrific song. Now you watch, we started watching the Phineas and Ferb because you told me to watch it. What do you think of it? I think it's delightful. It's a little bit, old and fast-paced and spazzy for what I'd love her to be watching. I thought you were going to say for you. I like it. I see why you like the, what's his name, Doofenshmirtz? Yeah. Now, you know, the the, the creators of that show, like, they do the music and stuff, too. They do the music and uh, one of the creators, uh, Swampy, goes by Swampy, actually does the Doofenshmirtz uh, voice as well. Do you ever do that thing? Oh, all the time. Oh, man. No. Did you do that thing you were going to do? I did it. Totally. It felt great. I don't think you did. I feel, I feel like a, a new man. Hmm. I don't think you did. Remember you told me you were going to do a thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever do that? Yeah, totally. <sighs> you're liter- literally, literally impenetrable. I mean, you're like, you're like a, a, Trump, a, a, a Trump loyal orifice. Like it looks like it's there, but, but the more you hit it, the more you realize it's just wall. You... It's very. It's a very funny show. I like that Candace. Candace is a good foil. 
but you know, I, I get confused though because the platypus's name is, is apparently Perry. Yes. Which sounds a lot like Gary. So I get confused sometimes. Hmm. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm good. Um, seem like you're over your cold pretty good. Oh no, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing, uh, I'm done. I don't even know if it was a virus, you know, maybe it was just impatient. I, I got some sleep. I drank some water. Uh, this, uh, today I decided I'm not going to eat anything before our visit. So I won't have any sugar problems because I didn't eat. I had some water and toothpaste and got some soy sauce right here. So I got some water flavor. I need to get some new uh, seltzer. Boy, I should have eaten. Whew. Uh, big week. What's new? What's new? What's uh, oh, you know what? You know, uh, Daniel from the uh, the sweater uh, says that apparently now in this new garage band, you can finally do three, four time and six, eight. You could do a, what is that? A Viennese waltz? Daniel from the sweater. Oh, Daniel. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And I don't want to embarrass myself. Red sweater software. Daniel, you know, Daniel with the nice oh, face. Jalkit. Jalkit. Oh, sh- sure. Is that how you say it? Daniel? Sure. Okay. He said, they just pointed out there's a new garage band for the iOS, and apparently now you can get on your phone, which I don't understand. Is that correct? I have no, I didn't hear about any of this. This is really cool. It's got, oh, it's got new quantization. Boom. Love quantization. And it does three, four time. That's nice. That's really nice. Big week. Good week. We had, uh, we had uh, uh, one of our occasional uh, offline visits a little while ago. Who's and this? Do we agree? We, 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 do we have a topic? We don't have a topic. We're just going to talk. We're just going to talk today. Because okay. the last two shows, I think, have been so good and so uplifting that we have to follow it up with a real stinker. Hmm. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have everything I need right in front of me to do that. I do have, you have no cards it? this time? Mm-hmm. I got index cards. I got no food. I got a water uh, that's not carbonated because I forgot to buy more soda stream. Let's see what I got here. I got some, got some ginseng. Uh, I got a lighter, even though I don't smoke. I got a pen, and I got a Cincinnati Reds cap. So I think we're off on a good foot. Hmm. You know, I I um I I don't uh, I can't tolerate too much ego surfing, even though my ego is huge and I'm terrified of what people think of me. I can't tolerate a huge amount of it, but uh, it's my feeling, my impression that a lot of people like the uh, the presentation show. Oh yeah, no, it's been amazing, amazing feedback on that. People love it. Uh, I don't know if like is precisely the right word, but I think elements of that. Uh, so this last episode, we talked about what I call presentation culture and just this idea that making the show of presentations better is, you know, it's certainly most, uh, most of the responsibility is on the presenter, but also this notion that, you know, there's stuff we could do as hosts of presentations to make it better. I got some nice responses. I got responses. Uh, I, I, I did something I almost never do, which is I, I, I wrote to someone with email a and then b i said hey you were you were mentioned prominently in this and i got two nice responses from people who, th- who thought it was good so that makes my day and and one of the guys uh, that i whose toots i read wrote me back and said on the dm and said uh, uh his experiences have been the same i think this is a common experience i think i think letting the av guy win like happens a lot it's you know and, and you know you've been that guy though right dan haven't you been You've been set up a server, set up a PC guy. Have you had to deal with being the guy who says, no, you can't have your golf game on here? Like, have you had to be that guy in an organization? Years and years ago, sure, yeah. I, I actually had to, I had uh, like a VP come and tell me, this is back before the days of IM, uh, or or maybe like, maybe ICQ is brand new, but there was some That's kind of- when it was called I will be. I, I would like to be. 
Mm-hmm. That's and a very nuanced joke, Dan. I know. And so he would come on SneakerNet. You come in the SneakerNet. No, they they there was some something in Windows for work groups had some kind of I am sort of client you could send messages to people somehow, and the the word came down unto me that said I don't want my employees doing this anymore here. So you have to turn it off. And back in those days, like the only way to turn that off would be to delete the executable from Windows <laughs> and. I'll tell you what I, I, you know, we had like a little automated uh, batch script that would run whenever people uh, would uh, would boot up their computers. Which back then, you every night when you were done, you would turn off the computer, shut it down. Sure. The next day, you would boot it up, and when it booted up, it would the little batch script would run. It was a way for me to push out updates and other things, and it uh, deleted that executable file. And boy, was there a line of people that morning to my office. Why? I, I used to have this app that I really liked that is gone now. Can you help mm-hmm. me find it? How do I get it back? Uh, and you got you got to be the one who says, "Well, uh, yeah, there's several problems here, and I'm the person you least want to be talking to." About exactly. <laughs> Call Merlin. That guy's Somebody, the one that sets policy. It? I'm the policy guy. I'm the see something now. Like I said, it makes me the CSO. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of instances of that. You know, you look at Apple. I've heard people say this about Apple. Um, I, I think it's true for anybody who's kind of smart about developing stuff. But you never want to have to take features out of stuff, or you never want to, you know. It's funny, like when Apple Apple sells you a thing, and they charge you this much for it, and in a, in a year or so, you'll be able to buy a better version of that for mostly the same price. I think that's, that's such an interesting move. People keep saying, "Hey, are these iPads going to go down?" I was like, "Well, no, no, I don't think they will." Like, eventually, Apple tends to have another line of something that's less fancy. But I think you know, generally, which I think is such an interesting business move. But the other thing that's super interesting about Apple in particular is how they don't want to have to deprecate features, specific features very often, but it'll be freaking scorched earth out of nowhere on something. <laughs> well, you need to look no further than what the, uh, the final cut or, uh, you know, the, the Mac pro rumors that you're hearing, you know what I mean? It isn't like you're saying, you don't get this announcement with like, Hey, you know, over the next couple of years, we're going to be making fewer of the Mac Pros, so stock up. Or, you know, for that matter, as I was whining about on the Twitter today, you know, Google suddenly going, oh, by the way, um, for your convenience, we've ruined Google Reader. Have a nice day. You know, it, it's interesting, like, to know you don't want to have to do the stuff you're talking about. You don't want to have to, like, go, oh, you can't have games, you know? Because people get used to stuff, and they never, I don't think most people consciously realize what they're used to until it's gone. Mm. Like, you don't and, know what you have till it's gone. It's it's true. It's a cliche, but it's a true cliche. I mean, to me, an example that always used to come to mind was roommates, housemates, you know, anything involving location where you have to deal with other people, you know, permanently <laughs> all the time. And it's it's always like, you ah, can't wait to move out of this house. You know, my neighbor blocks the driveway and doesn't, you know, uh, break down boxes or whatever. And you go, oh, so, so great. I'm going to move into this new place. And the people above you... Uh, the only, their only, their obsessions in life are like Italian disco and heavy shoes. And you're like, oh God, I would give anything to be back with no box guy. Right. You know, the devil, you don't, you don't, the devil you, you know, realize. and the devil you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think, I think that that's a pretty common thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's no fun. It's no fun. How do we get onto that? Taking stuff off admin. Oh yeah. The, um, but you know, I, as I listened to that again, I think I didn't listen to it more than five or six times, but I, 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 I feel a little five, five or six times. 
I don't have a job, Dan. There's there's a couple <laughs> things that I do feel a little bit badly about, and it's nothing I want to like reframe or apologize for, but um, I do feel kind of bad that. Well, first of all, I would never want my hosts at that conference to think that I was, you know, like trying to tear them apart. They, I think it turned out well. I'm anxious to see the video, not anxious. I'm looking forward to seeing the video. Um, if, if they have a video that just to see how it did turn out. I mean, basically, instead of the talk, what I did was I walked on stage with a bunch of index cards and an iPad. And I used my iPad where I'd done a whole giant mind map in iThoughts and used that as my guide. And then I did some like onstage things that might have been silly, but might have been cool. So, I mean, you know, this, like I said last time, it, turned, it, it can turn out okay if you know what it is you want to say. But, you know, there's re- everybody's, like we say, everybody's got their reasons for stuff. So I, wouldn't, I, I hate the fact that, that somebody could interpret I was like trying to slag that conference. I didn't mean it to come out that way. I, didn't, were, I did not pick up on that. Okay, good, good, good. Um, was it me who said that? No. You know what it is? I'm just, I'm just not very bright, Dan, and I'm not very civil sometimes. I don't mean to be. I learned a word yesterday. I should have written it down. Uh, compulsive frankness. It, it's one of those words that looks like diarrhea, but starts with the P. I think it's Greek, like per, paresis or something like that. What's the one where you, you have a boner for four hours? Perhaps, priapsis? Uh, is that the priapism. One? Okay. All right. Hmm. But, uh, and sometimes I think I'm too candid. And for example, at this conference, which again, I have to underscore, they had angry corn and they were very gracious. And uh, I, I, I think I, I, in addition to insulting an SEO guy, I, I accidentally went into my explicit detail about why their idea for the slideshow wasn't going to work for me. And it turned out I was making this case to the person whose idea it kind of was and who was the person that would be doing the slide thing. Ooh. So I felt bad. I felt bad. You know? Not the right place to be for you on that day. No. No, well... Hmm. You know? Act like this is completely unrelated. Are you ready? Okay. Good week? Yeah, what are you talking about? Um, sometimes if I talk to somebody about how I'm not very confident about something and their response is to underscore that that lack of confidence is unfounded because they are extremely confident about it, that makes me so much less confident than I even was a minute ago. Like, you know, if if you go, like, like if you're about to jump out of a plane and you go, wow, um, I don't know what I was thinking. I really, I'm not sure I want to jump out of this plane. It seems kind of crazy to jump out of a plane, which it is. Well, the person who's there on the plane with you could go, well, okay, well, sit down. Like, you're not going to get your money back, but you don't have to do it. And that person would, would never go, you're an idiot, just go do it. They'd say, hey, look, this is safe, and here's why. I packed your chute, da-da-da. and so on, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, when, somebody, when somebody's not feeling confident about something and you want to make them feel more confident, you don't want to raise the level of anxiety or over-assert the same kind of response that makes one concerned in the first place. Mm. You know? Does that make any sense? Not really? A I'm little bit. Of, I'm trying to think of a better example of yeah, that. But, give me one. But, but if, you, if you're hiring a babysitter. Oh. Right? Yeah. You're, you're hiring a babysitter. And, you know, there's certain kinds of things where, like, you know, I, I'm just old enough now to be a minor judge of character and truthfulness and you know there's things you notice you notice how long it takes someone to answer a question uh you notice the kinds of things that they offer when you didn't ask there's all kinds of things you notice um and so if you guys said to the babysitter well um here's our uh our list like here's where we're going to be you know here's uh you know this is how you spell 911 and uh 
but if something happened, you know, uh, you know, where's the closest hospital? And they go, oh, don't worry about that. Like I, you know, I got that wired. I know all kinds of things about hospitals. And you know what? Like, the same thing. Like in an office, like, I love the answer. I don't know, but I'll find out. Or I understand your concern. I don't know the answer to that. That gives me so much more confidence in somebody than them going, basically rolling their eyes and going, well, that's a silly thing to worry about. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's this is this is an uber 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 pattern. Right. This is like, like a big thing. This is not a, a one specific person as far as you know. But like, <laughs> does that resonate with you? Yeah. Like you've hired lots of people for jobs. You've interviewed, as we've discussed, mm-hmm. you've interviewed lots of people for jobs. Does that, does that give you the uh, fear? When you interview, when you're in, when you're doing the interview and you ask them a question like that and they, and they, they, they roll their eyes. I don't really think that like, it's almost beneath them to answer it. I haven't kind really of, run into kind it. Kind of, yeah, sure. But there's it. also this thing where, um, I think sometimes in something like an interview, um, there's this assumption that you're going to come off better if you're unerringly, it kind of, kind of gets us back to male answer syndrome, but there's an impression some people have that like, if I answer this with complete confidence and even if I'm making it up, like that's going to sound more credible when the truth is, I think for a lot of people, an interviewer knows that they're asking you a really hard question that doesn't have a simple answer. Mm. And if you ask somebody a question like that, like you say, well, um, what would happen if I advanced, how do I, if I went to this bullet and then I wanted to go back to the previous bullet, like how would we handle that? And that person goes, well, you know, don't worry about it. You could just hit the button and it would be fine. Instead of going, I totally understand your concern. That's something we should take into account and talk about this. Maybe, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And in your case, you know, or in my case with the babysitter, if they go, don't be a dick, I'm a good babysitter. I would go, well, (laughs) thank you for your time. Right. I have this, I, I don't know, I, it's because I'm somebody who's, I'm, I'm so uncertain and so unselfconfident about so many different kinds of things, you know, because I've learned that there are a lot of things that I shouldn't be confident about. Sometimes I'll sandbag about something where, uh, yeah, well, I don't know if that's good or not. But a lot of times I, I just think genuinely trying to maintain some sense of, um, especially if you're working with other people, some sense of humility about what you could learn from them and the fact that not everybody is just a vessel to be filled with your own wisdom hmm. doesn't hurt. Just saying. I like that. Yeah. So you've had more real jobs than me, even if they were like contract things. You've had a lot more of those. I don't know if I should be proud of that. I, I don't know if it's a thing to be proud of, but, exactly. it's, but, it's, but it exposes you to more people in a place where you can't leave. Right? I mean, this is what makes New York so interesting is no one can leave. Oh, I would never... Back. You know, it's yeah. all, it's all cheek to jowl, right? Oof. And, uh, you, you have to learn to live with other people, right? Yeah. You have to get to a certain point where you go up to you and say, hello, I live downstairs. Um, I- I'm learning a lot about Italian disco and Doc Martens, <laughs> but, um, is there anything that we could do about that? Not being a, like a constant thing Would that, is there anything we could do to work on that? And for that matter, is there anything we do that drives you crazy? Do we break down the boxes too much? Are we too quiet at night? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all give and take. Give a little, you take a little. We talked about potentially discussing, uh, what was the word? Strength. Strength. I think that has a lot of facets. That could be an interesting thing to talk about. I like the idea. Yeah. You, you bleep a lot more on the show than you used to. Did you notice that? No, that I've never bleeping? noticed that. You don't listen to our show? Which, which one? 
I think a lot more stuff is getting bleeped now. No, I don't think so. You bleeped last time. You have to. You can't, you can, you don't have to bleep and you don't have to, to bleep. Those, those are both, those are both terms that uh, are not only in the parlance, mm. in, in their number three definition meaning, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I think they're on cartoon shows now. Like no, no, you've got, you've got to. Hmm? You've got to. Yeah. Because you, you want to keep it safe for the kids. Totally. Man. I guess that's a good idea. What would you say in place of... When I, in the phrase, I wouldn't even uh, bring it up. Oh, I got one. Can I go? Can I go? Everything, this is what, uh, who says this? Uh, not, not Finn McMissile. It's, uh, I don't want to do a spoiler here, but it's the, the, the guy that contacts Finn, Finn McMissile. He says, everything's gone pear-shaped. I really like that term. That's a good one. They don't have pears in England, though, do they? I mean, apart from the royal family. You have a pear. But I'm not sure. Hmm. Good week? Big week here. When you said strength, um, this is another one of those words like courage that I have mixed feelings about because I'm so bad at it. But I, I think I like the facets to the word strength. So we haven't talked about what that means, but I, I would be interested in discussing that. I would love to talk to you about that. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I'm very, I mean, strength can mean a lot of things. I mean, strength can mean resolve. Uh, it, it can mean, as you jokingly said on our call, like, you know, brute force strength, like well, how much can you bench or whatever. It could mean, you know, how much are you capable of doing at a pass? But the kind of strength I'm really interested in uh, that I aspire to get better at is what I've called tolerance as, mm. as a kind of strength, right? I mean, there's th- when you think about strength, you go think about all these macho parts of basically less strength and more power. I think when some people say strength, they really mean power. Like, who can I push around? Mm. But then I think there's a certain kind of internal strength that uh, is much more useful in, in the long run and in some ways much harder uh, harder to get good at. And that's why I'm so interested in that idea of tolerance. Like, what can you put up with? Instead of going and beating up <laughs> the person with the Italian disco... Could you tolerate that enough to find some middle ground where you would both be okay with that? Or could you just learn to not mind it? That's, that's an extreme version of strength. But those are very different ideas and, and they have very different purposes. You're still doing this show, right? Just thinking about tolerance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So just because you're not going to talk much, apparently, I'm, I'm going to toss this out. So this is my thing. This is a little bit of rehash, but just... Uh, I've got to let you set the stage. You don't get warmed up until 30, 40 minutes into the show. Yeah. So I've got to let you go you for that. Meme way, you always stop it now? No, I've got to let you get to that point before, before I can see where it's going. Okay. At the risk of a rehash, uh, as, uh, as I've been mulling over all of this... Uh, stuff in my head over the years. Uh, I, I, I still say that the, when I did this talk the other day, I described it as a stack. Like I've started thinking about it, like, you know, like the stuff Syracuse talks about with the stack and the metal and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I started thinking about all, I hate to say productivity because that, again, that's such a limited part of the stack. But I started thinking about this stack of uh, how humans can decide uh, to do things. And, and at the very top level of that stack, you've got what I would call like 43 folders 1.0. You've got the stuff like the tips and tricks, the implementation. At a slightly lower level, you can get deeper into stuff like your uh, troubleshooting and you know, um, f- you know, finding the motivation that you need or any of the things that have a, a, a more profound influence on why you do or don't do what you want than your choice of pen. Right. 
And then at least in my squirrely universe, you go deeper into that stack and that's where you get into things like the time and attention stuff. You know, these things become more abstract because, I mean, that's how the stack works, right? And I mean, but the further down you go, the closer to you, you get to difficult, profound and ineffable things that uh, are difficult or impossible to fix at a pass, right? I mean, think about things like faith, uh, th- think about things like love. There's all these concepts that are that, that have very specific meanings in implementation, but but very complex meanings in terms of over time, like how they change, what it means, what is it that you love, you know, all, all those different kinds of things. And that's why I think you get down to that level, like the time and attention. And that's where a lot of people roll their eyes, understandably, because they just want to know which pencil to buy. Um, said, said Merlin, making yet another straw man. But that's why for me, when you get to the bottom of that stack, that's where you do get into the care part. Because... everything else in the stack all the way up uh, becomes, I I hate to use that word superficial. It's such a good word. But each of those things is greatly enlivened, enriched, and animated by how low in the stack the problem you're trying to solve is. So to review, like if you think, to use my classic example, if if you think the reason you're not writing is you don't have a notebook, well, you go buy a notebook. Like, did that work? Well, not really. So I'm going to go to the deeper level in the stack and go, well, wh- why is it that I thought a notebook was going to help me? Well, it's because I, uh, I, I, I think I have these problems with distraction. Well, why are you distracted? Well, I'm distracted because there's all this stuff around me and I feel like I have too much to do. Well, why do you f- have too much to do? Well, because I've accepted or been given all of this stuff And I'm not really into doing a lot of it. Okay, well, why did that happen? Well, there's not enough time. And I've got all this stuff that I feel like I've got. Okay, so your time and attention, you go deeper and deeper. And you always, to me, the bottom of the stack always ends at the care and sacrifice part, at least for now. I might figure out some other secret chamber below that. But that's the bottom layer of the stack from where I stand is is the care and sacrifice part. Again, not something I'm great at. But to to put a fine point on it, uh, if you don't care about what you're writing, the notebook won't help. And maybe one of the first things that you have to sacrifice is realizing you shouldn't care as much about things like notebooks, that Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be at the top of your list for care and whether you call that priority or whatever. But somewhere in the middle of that, um, when you get to the, I don't know, uh, when you get to the lieutenant colonel level of being a human being, I I, I think there, there is something very interesting about tolerance in there. And I think this has everything to do with knowledge work, has everything to do with creative work, and uh, it has a tremendous amount to do with being a not unhappy, a not serially unhappy person. There are people, though, I think, who would be upset because they would say, and even just going back to using your Italian disco reference. Yes. People who would say, well, it's, it's unfair. I shouldn't have to tolerate that. I don't create that problem for other people. Why should I be forced to tolerate that? That is not fair. Right. And that, that might be true. There's a great line in Slaughterhouse Five. I can't remember exactly who said it, but there's it's the scene when one of the scenes when Billy Pilgrim is in the um, I think it's when Billy Pilgrim's in the prison camp. The point of the story is that one of the American soldiers goes, "Why me? Why me?" And one of the German soldiers says to him, "Why you? Why anybody?" And that's and that's when I hear somebody say talk about fairness and like why me, my my response in my head is always, "Well, why anybody?" right? <laughs> Everybody's got a bunch of stuff that they didn't think is fair. So like you can either find a way to, to, to change that. That's, that's not going to make you a giant dick. Um, or you can, um, you can route around it 
or you can learn to be okay with it. And the learning to be okay with it is, is a kind of strength that comes out of tolerance. So I'm not saying, and you know, certainly I've talked here about like having to go next door to the kids and the kid next door and say, Hey, please turn down your music. Right. And you know, but they're teenagers, right? This in the middle of their brains, not going to be done cooking for like another 10 years. You know, what do they like say? Arguing, What's their reaction when you ask them? Well, it's like arguing with a sofa. You know, I mean, like you can feel like you're winning, but you know, the, but his, his reaction, his reaction, oh, his reaction back in the day, the kid's grown up a lot since then, but his reaction at the time was, are you the kid Merlin? <laughs> I'm Bruce, I was Bruce Willis the whole time. <laughs> so what has this reaction been when you ask him? And at that time, well, yeah. I mean, and it seems I, I like did, a reasonable request, right? Could you turn the music down? I can hear everything it. seems reasonable from one's own point of view. I can hear it. Right. But I mean, it's back to that idea of like everybody's got their reasons. If it, but, but, but think about how much worse all of those problems get if everybody thinks they're being treated unfairly. Right. Like let's, let's go to first principles here. Uh, so I think it's unfair. We should probably stick to one loud music example, but let's say I think it's unfair that my, that given that my kid who knock on wood doesn't get sick very much, but my kid's sick. She's sniffly. She's a good sleeper, but like not as good a sleeper when some, some really D minus hip hop is being played next door because our walls are rattling. Right. Well, first of all, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to strangers, like what you care about. It, It really doesn't. If you think it matters, you're, you're a hippie. Like nobody really cares because they got plenty to care about on their own. Now, now that kid might go, oh, I never get to do anything fun. My mom's out of town for the weekend. And so I'm going to have a party, right? You remember being a teenager? No, I was never like that as a teenager. Really? Not at all. Never. Not once. I just remember constantly feeling like, like nobody understood anything. I was smarter than everybody. And clearly the world would be better if they would just accept and ameliorate the numerous things that were making me a little bit unhappy most of the time. No, I definitely was along those lines, but I never, I, I, I never had parties. I never played loud music that would bother anybody oh, okay. ever in my whole life. You didn't play guitar loud? Mm-mm, no. Very quietly but with, or with headphones on because I didn't want to bother anybody. Would you have a Tom Scholes? Did you have a rock man? I just had a headphones that I plugged into the, into the amp. What kind of amp? Uh, the amp that I had for the longest was a Fender, but I forget what it was. I was never very happy with it. I liked the crate that I sold to get it better. I like a crate. Those crates in those PVs, you can drop them off a building and they'll be fine. And it just had a little headphone jack and that's what I would use because mm. I didn't want to bother people. Well, I, I just I just think that, that that tendency, I'll speak for myself, that tendency that as a teenager thinking that everybody, you know, I'm sorry to go in old man mode, but I think it's hard to disagree with this, that when you're younger, <clears throat> you are very self-centered. And self-centered in that sense of not not only, and for practical reasons, like in a way that's not helping you self-centered. Self-centered is great in the sense of going, well, I'm going to accept responsibility for the stuff that's going on around me and understand that I am the animus for that. But more self-centered in the sense of everything that happens in the world happens as a way to either make me more happy or less happy or to give me more freedom or less freedom, right? And, and, and anybody who's got a kid well, not, not so much the kids of our age, but, you know, kids are constantly making this case to you about how something is unfair or that, um, <laughs> what was that in 16 Candles where, where she said, uh, you know, you're not treating me like an adult. And their father says something like, uh, well, you know, 
the, the, that's or no Heather's. It was Heather's. Where I'll, I'll find the line, but it was something like, you know, the problem is that's what all teenagers say when they actually get treated like an adult. <laughs> Whenever you treat a, a teenager like an adult, they say they're not being treated like an adult. Well, that's exactly how adults get treated. Adult, adults get treated like you know what? Nobody cares. <laughs> like like Louis C.K. says when you you know you're not nobody uh, cares about when you're 40. Like oh, happy birthday, go do your job, shut up. You know that's 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 what being an adult is. I don't mean to sound bleak, but it's it helps it helps to understand that nobody cares about your problems as much as you on any level. Really, even the people who love you don't care as much. They they probably care more about wishing that you would figure it out. Right, I'm, I'm prepared to be wrong about that, but I think that's not a bad way to go into every relationship. So even before we get to the, the the more intermediate level stuff of trying to understand how to persuade somebody to find a common ground or how to negotiate with somebody, if you're in sales, you have to understand what motivates people to make decisions, right? Even if you're not like a cheese ball, right? You still have to understand that this person wants cool shoes. And if your shoes aren't cool, well, you need to either be a great salesman or get cooler shoes. It's not because they're stupid, right? And and so uh, with, with, the, with the kid next door, the Italians upstairs, I don't know if they're from Italy, but have you ever had that? You ever had like loud upstairs people? Yeah. I can't stand living in any kind of Ugh. apartment or condo for that reason. I won't go into a lot of detail. I don't want to be creepy, but... Um, it's the worst. But we, like, we used to have these neighbors that we adored. Like, they were so great. We got along so... We did things together, you know, and... But like this... One of these women, she must have weighed about 85 pounds. She was... Uh, but she was, she was A, a heel walker, and B, a heel walker. A, if she ever was in bare feet, and I don't know if she was, she was a big like, hump, 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 hump. But she also wore like, like ladies' shoes a lot around the house. So ladies' shoes, walker, like high, high walk, heel shoes, you mean? Yeah, like a high-ish heel, right? Okay. And the physics of high heels are, are, are not very friendly. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically at some point, the entire weight of your body is hitting something that's like an eighth of an inch or however big. I think well, you sure do know a lot about heels. Well, I know a lot about no, I know I know a lot about walking, and I know a lot about sitting there and trying to dissect how somebody could conceivably need to move that much and make that <laughs> right. much noise. You've never done this. You've never driven yourself crazy. Sure. You're you don't do this, sure. but you've never been bothered by something like you're sitting in the office and you're going, "Why does that person keep making that noise when they eat?" And the more you hear it, the more you think about it, and you go, "There is no goddamn way they're not doing that on purpose," right? Like uh, like my stepfather. That's how my stepfather drank coffee. He's a horrible human being. This is like the least of his horrible human beings. I mean, he should have been tried for war crimes. He was such a bad person. But like, in the years that we were with him, this is how he always drank his coffee. Ready? I did that twice. That's a little annoying. He would do it over and over and over until I thought as a 14-year-old boy that this had to be something that he had planned to literally drive me insane. <laughs> now, if you say that to somebody, you're going to sound really petty. If I say to our little tiny cute neighbor upstairs, hey, you understand that you, like, you sound like some kind of a steer on the way to slaughter, like when you're cleaning the house. Well, she's not. She's just living her life, right? She's just living her life. Um, the Italian disco people, uh, if they're not sociopaths, probably have no idea how loud that is, <laughs> Right? And, and, and then, of course... But wouldn't you think, though, so wouldn't you think that yeah. you, could, you could then go to them and, and once you told them, I'm not talking about the teenager, I'm talking about the people who play the Italian music. Could, wouldn't you think that after you go to them and say, listen, that we, we hear this, maybe you didn't know that we hear this, but we hear this. And it, it is, 
you know, we, we would rather not hear this. Could you help us by, could you please not play it loud anymore? Wouldn't they as a, a responsible human being who's your neighbor be compelled to change their behavior? Because I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I would, yeah. I, I never, I, I mean, I, I never have played music loud enough for anyone but me to hear it. And that's a, it's pretty much something I've done my whole life. Any, anything that I would do that could potentially bother somebody else, I won't, I just don't do it. And it's, you know what, it's very easy to not do that if you do it consistently. Uh, so I, I do my best to always follow that. And if I'm doing, if I was doing something and somebody came over and, and, and said, listen, this thing that you're doing, you may not know it, but this thing bothers us. We hear it or we know about it or it's a distraction or whatever. My primary goal is to immediately stop doing it and change that behavior and, and find another way to do it or discuss with the person what kind of compromise we can make. I can tell you, I've never been in that situation. Nobody in, in my whole life has ever said, can you please turn the music down, for example? I, I, because I'm very conscientious of this. I don't like it. Right. And the main reason is because, I, I, and by no means am I very good at this, but I try really hard to not be hypocritical as much as possible. Again, I'm, I probably suck at this, and I probably suck at it more than I that realize. That means you're probably good at it if you worry about it. Well, I worry about it a lot, and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do something myself that I would then ask somebody else not to do. And again, I'm, I'm sure that I do this, okay. though. I'm sure I do it. But Let me ask you this. As, it, an, as a responsible adult, if you went to those people and said, listen, we, we can hear this music, you know, and right. we, we, don't, we don't want to, please stop, wouldn't their instant reaction be to say, I am sorry, I didn't know that you could hear it. I'm going to stop. I'll tell you what, we have a party planned on Saturday night. The music is going to be back then for sure. Would you please at least come to the party? You're being convenient. Come and, and you know, have a, have a beverage. You that know, is, that, that is would be totally the appropriate the ideal, response. I think that that's the only ideal the only situation. response. That's the only response that's acceptable, in my opinion, in that situation. What if your neighbors came to you and they weren't furious, but they were pretty mad. And they came over today and said, could you please, please turn your music down? If they said that today? Yeah. What would you say? I, I would say, well, we don't have a stereo. There's, mm -hmm. there's no way it could be our music, but come in and let's talk about it and figure out where it's coming from. Okay. But you turn it down, right? <laughs> if, if I had something to turn down, I would turn down. Sure. I don't think you understand. It's really bothering these people. So you're saying that they're going to be insistent that it's them when it's not them. I'm what I'm, what I'm saying is the Italian disco people are just listening to music unless they are like in that phase of life where you need other people to hear their music. They, they don't think it's bothersome. And all I'm trying to get at is that you, while you are, are the better theoretical neighbor for that, the fact that you think you're good at that or that you try at that has absolutely no impact on how much you will still bother a lot of people with anything you do. Like, did you, did you, did you cut your lawn as often? As, did you, let me push it this way. When you're in Orlando, yeah. did you trim along the sidewalk as often as well, and well as everybody in your neighborhood? Usually better. Okay. You're probably perfect. No, now, but that would really people? be that would be that would just be something that well, you're would the bother wrong person me. for me to have this this non conversation with. Well, all I'm trying to say is that in my experience, in every situation, like somebody is doing something that's driving someone else crazy. Sometimes it's willful, sometimes it's not, and sometimes it's just how the universe works. That is true. There's a place where I sit. Don't be creepy. 
Ooh. And I do stuff sometimes. What is it that you do? Like weird stuff? Uh, like weird stuff? I don't know. Say I write or whatever. But it's this one spot I like to sit. And, you know, you get to know the neighborhood characters. <laughs> this one guy, this old Chinese guy with a shopping bag and slippers, walks very slowly down the street, looking like he just lost an argument with his ex-wife. <laughs> That's how he always looks. And he walks, if you can imagine a beat of like, thump, 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 with his little scuffs coming down the street. Yeah. This is right around the corner, don't be creepy, right around the corner from the dim sum place where they put the dim sum in like a little plastic like one of those little plastic, you know, clear containers. If there's any piece of garbage on the sidewalk, whether, and can I just say, this is San Francisco, there is a metric crap ton of everything on the sidewalk. Yeah. When he walks down the street, every piece of anything that he encounters, whether it is in his path or not, he kicks angrily <laughs> into the street. <laughs> and if you've ever kicked one of those little dims, I'm like, like imagine a little to-go thing. I know you guys probably got uh, you got probably got styrofoam there, but but here we don't have the styrofoam. Everything's like this cheap plastic, and it goes as it slides. And it's very you know loud, and and if there's paper, he kicks it, and then he kicks it again, and he keeps kicking it until he has kicked it from the sidewalk into the street, and that's his plan. And and just just because I'm you know how I am, I frequently go yeah like about <laughs> about like that. <laughs> And then, and then he turns, and you can't see the expression I'm making. But imagine I furrow my brow really hard and nod at him, like 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 in a like a real bro way. Yeah, like you got that one good. And and he does this every day, multiple times a day. Well, I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if it's his notional ex-wife. I don't know if it's his inexpensive shopping bag, his scuffs, or his ethnicity. But he is good and goddamn mad at every inert object on the sidewalk. And I have to tell you, Dan Benjamin, I don't think kicking it into the street. A, is making him happier, or B, making the sidewalk better. Mm. I definitely don't think it's making the dim sum plastic happy. Uh, but, but, but he still does it, right? He's mad like at inert objects. There's another guy, another, uh, like a truly legitimately crazy guy in the neighborhood who, uh, who, who throws food at pigeons. Like very, you, very angry. He feels, he's, guy, he's, like, he's, uh, he's bipolar. I mean, he's, he's a nice enough guy when he's like, you know, doing his thing. But when he's not, you just avoid this guy. And he stands in the middle of a busy street mm. and throws fried rice at pigeons. And then I think the pigeons kind of start screwing with him at that point. Because really, like throwing fruit at a pigeon, like that's like throwing Playboys at a 13-year-old. You know, oh, don't throw, me, don't throw me in the briar patch, right? So now he's got birds attacking him because clearly he is a source of rice with velocity. Right. All I'm trying to get at with all of this stuff is like you perceive this is we're shading into that B word topic, but we're, you, there's all these things you perceive in the world as a thing that's in your way and it's like there to bug you. The thing I'm, I'm trying to give you crap and you're not accepting it about your, your lawn or your noise is that no matter what, there's stuff that somebody's not going to like about no, you. I hear that. I hear that. If you live well, in that, celebration, that's, that's, buddy. That, yeah. Celebration. Now, you're, you're, you're in a deed restricted community. You had to have like an approved color for your house, right? Oh, yeah. You couldn't just go out and get like Prince 1999 era purple. No, we tried. With, you know, uh, Prince uh, Sign of the Times uh, orange trim. Yeah. You couldn't have a Prince-oriented home in, no. in your neighborhood. No. Well, like what would, what's, what's like the first thing that would happen is like you'd probably get a lot of like dirty looks, but you might get a letter, right? Oh, for sure. Right. Because cause you are breaking... <laughs> going into a George Costanza episode here. This is a society. Like you've broken, you've, you've broken this contract literally, but also like the worst kind of those contracts where like, there's not even really a contract. 
like your your my your the con the contract that I perceive with the Italian disco people or the 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 D minus rap kid is that hey, you know I'm being very very patient and tolerant because I have this kid that I love a lot who's sniffling, and even with the humidifier on and the white noise machine, it's it's not even music. It's like it's it's hard to perceive for that person that because of the the, the crappiness of this D minus music they've chosen. Like our house, like you can hear glasses rattling. Mm. I mean, it's nothing, it's not, Terrible. it's not like, you know, something from the Blues Brothers, but I mean, like it's really, really, it's really quite unavoidable. Like I want to distinguish between I can hear something versus like this is making our home an inescapable hell. Mm. Right. And so from my point of view, I'm not sure where we're going exactly with this, but I'll assume it's somewhere. Like for me, like uh, I'm sitting there in my house steaming about it and going like, you know, and then finally I got to go over there and go, hey, you know, this is way too loud. Right. Please turn it down. Yeah. And then I may even go into, and I'm nervous. I don't want to go talk to people. I feel like a jerk. I don't want to do that. And of course now, like in in the kind of broken suburban neighborhoods we have nowadays, I mean, like most of us know our neighbors mostly as, as things we're trying to fix a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, and in that case, like, yeah, that kid now knows me mostly as As like the the, jerk who, you know, can't enjoy his life. Doesn't want me to have any fun. You know, and, but I don't know that kid. Like, I don't know his point of view, but I was that kid. And I, and like I said before, I was a hundred times more annoying than that. And I thought if anybody came over to tell me to turn the music down, I thought, first of all, they were doing it purely to be a dick because my taste in music is awesome. Uh, (laughs) uh, you know, and, and, but also like on a more profound level, uh, it's, it's forcing me to question like whether I'm doing the right thing in a way that I, th- I feel like is a completely inappropriate. Like yeah. you have no right to do that is the response from us a lot of the time. Drinking his coffee guy or slurping his burrito guy, how in the world do you have the temerity to come over here and talk about my mouse? Right? So now you sound like the aggressor. Even though you, are, you perceive yourself as the aggrieved one, now you're the one who's going over there. So the, the, what I'm trying to get through the middle of all of this is... Uh, this thing that we talk about a lot, but I think is worth repeating, which is that like, we've all got our own problems. We've all got our own hangups and we've all got our own reasons why we have our reasons. And that's complicated. And, and so to me, the strength part in a lot of things is not about going, do I have enough power? And, and I've had occasions where I had to go and try and I pulled rank on that kid before. Like now we're friendly. We're friendly. He plays music, you know, whatever. That's okay. Um, yeah, you're right. In an ideal world, we should be able to just go over and do that. But the thing is, his party is not about negotiating with a middle-aged man next door. His party is about now we turn it up louder because this is what we do, right? You can understand that, yeah, right? Um, and so with Italian disco neighbors, well, then that, that's problematic because in my case, my house was built in 1928, you know, and uh, luckily we don't have any disco people there. But it's very, it's very thin. It's not like these kind of like giant, you know, but, you know, you just get into these little petty wars with people, right? It's, it just becomes like Milton, you know, on, on office space. And you're, you're constantly noticing these little slights. This woman that used to live next door to my mom, she knew it drove my mom nuts, but she would get up at six every morning and not do anything with her garbage cans except literally rattle them around right outside her window. And she knew, she knew my mom hated that. And then my mom's dog would poop near her lawn, but not on her lawn. Mm. And then that became a whole thing. And never at any point did they say, hey, look, Unfortunately, they never at any point did they sit down and go, you know, this is stupid. We're both old ladies. We should be able to work this out. Why? Because they both think they're right. And they are right. (laughs) In a way, in their world, they're right. 
And, and I think the strength part uh, becomes complicated when we feel like it puts us in a position of weakness to walk up to a teenager and go, look, I'm really sorry. Could you please turn down your music? Instead of going in there and go, you turn down that music or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shove that uh, yeah. Lil Wayne up your ass. Yeah. And it'll go. That guy's got tattoos. He'll slide right in, you know? That's, that's the tough guy thing. And I, I, I've gone tough guy a, a little bit. I'm not great at it. And I, then I feel terrible about it after I've done it. Because it's, it's not the right thing to do. Um, how long are we in? Pretty far. Oh, don't, gosh, we're pretty far in, aren't we? Don't matter. Hmm. Don't, don't matter, none. Let's talk about a sponsor. Go for it. Do you, uh, do you, uh, do you know about this, uh, this uh, Squarespace? Love them. You? Love them. I love them. I keep using them. I keep using them. You know, Squarespace guys, uh, you met that Ryan? You know Ryan, right? I know Ryan him. I know. I, I don't know how much pull he has there. I know he's a very important person there, but I would just like to say I've checked my email almost twice this week and I still have not gotten my invitation to the version six beta. I'm not bitter about it. I'm sure you have your reasons. Right. But I'm just saying. Anyway, thank you, Squarespace. That's the whole <laughs> No, I've been using Squarespace a lot. Uh, uh, a lot of you have heard this already. I, I have been delighted to note in the... Um, in the Twitter, that, that a number of people uh, have said something that I didn't even realize I hoped they'd say, which is, wow, Merlin sure talked a lot about that Squarespace until it was annoying, but then I tried it, and holy God, is it great. <laughs> and that's why I, I kind of tend to keep saying this. And the more time I spend with it, the more, the more I impressed, impressed I am with little parts of it. And, the, and the, when I first started using it, so if you don't know what it is, Squarespace is a place, how do you describe it? What's the elevator pitch on Squarespace? Because I use it for like so many different things. What's the elevator pitch? I think, you know, when you're, when you're talking about Squarespace as a service, it, the, the very simple way to refer to it is it, it is a fully hosted, uh, fully managed environment for creating a beautiful website. That's pretty good. I'm going to give that good. to them. They can run with that. Is that a freebie? They can take that. They can run with that. And that's no charge for that. Hmm. We should also find out exactly how many buttons you need to hit to have a website so we can make that an official song and then get a service mark. <laughs> you hit 11 or 14 buttons and you've got a website. Please note that Squarespace's number of buttons varies heavily on the kind of website that you will have. No motorcycles after 3 p.m. <laughs> um, so my first, my first, when I first got onto this, uh, when I was on that uh, on the on the MacBreak podcast, I, I, I they gave me an account, and I went in there, and I was like, oh, oh my god, because all of the stuff that I used to find to be a pain in the butt on so many other places, and, and let's just say, like, I go way back. You do. I go way back. I've tried them all. I've used a bunch. I've like. You know, you know, I'm pals with these people, right? <laughs> I've used a lot of really great services, but really, what what impressed me immediately was. Um, I can't get away from this notion of the combination of, of power but ease of use. And so if you've ever had to work with other people on websites, you know how hard it can be to have to go in and say, okay, you get an account. We, there's, there's, you know, <laughs> like in the CMS I use for my, one of my big sites, there's like a million tick off boxes to get preferences and stuff like that. And, oh, I want you to be able to create this kind of thing, but not change this kind of thing. And it's just so darn easy with this to have like a real simple workflow for getting a site up. You create these things called journals, which are the equivalent of blogs, right? You get a little I don't know why they don't call them blogs. It's, it's kind of, I've never loved that word blog, but you can create as many of those as they want. They live with their own URLs. You can decide which pieces of the um, navigation um, all go together. And, you know, I hate to make the Apple reference because I know it's kind of weak, but like one thing I love about Apple is, you know, th this thing always means this thing in most places. 
I mean, obviously that's not always true, but the vertical integration of Apple products means that I, I, I understand there's a mental model for using this stuff. I understand that there's a section in iTunes called music that has an analogous section called music on my iOS device and so on, right? And that, that doesn't happen everywhere you go. Part, part of the beauty of some of these wonderful open source and free software systems is that there are a lot of people contributing. You might get something running down your left rail. This is not, I don't mean this as FUD. I, I use and love a lot of these apps. But you might install a new plugin that suddenly not only gives you a new menu at the top level, but then gives you five submenus that you didn't know you were going to have in other places. You know, as these things mature, they get better. You're not going to get that with Squarespace, right? And so, like, if you need all of that other stuff, there's plenty of options. But if you're tired of that stuff, like you are with me, you come in here. Stuff makes sense. You make a section. You make a section, and then you create pages in it. And then that becomes a section that can be a side rail. That's a section that you can just put wherever you want. It'll show up on these pages, but not that pages. It's just so easy to make that. It's so easy to go in and create the posts uh, from your uh, from the web or from their fantastic um, iOS and Android devices uh, apps. But but then the thing that, that that I always have so much trouble explaining that I just want you to go look at is the, like the website settings, the control panel parts, because there's just so much great stuff. Like, have you ever wanted to go in somewhere and do something like enter in like a Google? Uh, analytics code. Yes. Or maybe you want to run Typekit. Yes. Or maybe you've got something. And, you know, each one of those, I don't know, I want to say every one of those. Let's say you want to go drop in a Node.js thing or whatever, whatever your flavor of that is. Let's say you're trying to do responsive web design and you want a way to, to put this file in. Like in a lot of places, that could be kind of a pain. And if you change the template, like I love Tumblr, but if I do any of that on Tumblr, that's going to disappear if I change my template, which is kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. Squarespace has an entire section where you do nothing but say where you want stuff to go that's not inside the body tag. And so you can have stuff go in this area of of the I should pull this up to make sure I'm saying this exactly correctly. Yeah, but the idea is if you want to, as they say, inject code, and I know that sounds bad because it sounds like a MySQL thing, but if you want to go in and, and have stuff in the uh, above or below the body text, you can just go in and drop that in ad hoc, and that's persistent across across all of your pages. You don't you touch it once and it's done. You don't have to see that. You don't have to go in and like like me struggling with the the hooks in that one popular uh, CMS. If you want to put your menu somewhere else, you just go hit this thing and it moves it. I'd like the way that it's taken that object orientation and um, or that uh, abstraction to, to a, a really high level. And then you can go and you can look. Yes, you can go look at your stats. You, they host your files. There's a, you can have folders for putting your files up. You can add a photo to this post from right inside of their little thing. What do you want Markdown versus WYSIWYG versus HTML? It's all in there. Um, I'm being ineffective in describing this, except to say that like this is increasingly, as a guy, I don't know if you, if you know this, Dan, but I'm a we- I used to be a web guy. I used to do things on the web. Mr. Like write code and hit counter. Oh, Merlin's hit counter. My PHP includes. We should talk about my PHP. Includes. Remember Merlin's hit counter dot org. Oh yeah 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 right. And then you had to uh, you had to uh, hit the monkey. Yeah, that was me. Do you remember those uh, those those pop up ads for the cameras? Yeah, totally. Me. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I came up with a lot of that. I also, um, well, I can't talk a lot about it, but I have a new thing I'm working on called Plus Two, which I think is going to blow the Google stuff out of the water. Wow. can't get into it too heavily, but you will be able to have twice as much favoriting uh, with my Plus Two system. Still under NDA on that. Um, just go ahead and check this out um, because because I'm I'm finding that I can... I hate to even use the word host, that I can just put a whole bunch of stuff in here and uh, I can use this content mode for when I want to deal with putting in, uh, you know, the words and the pictures. I can go into this um, 
uh, structure mode where I want to change like what template is going to be used here. I'm sorry, not not template, but where I want to change the qualities of this particular page or area. And then I got this template area where I can say this kind of template goes in this area or this area or that area. I have control. Dan, last thing, and I'll shut up. I'm sorry. I know these are long. But did you know you can do this? Like when you go in and you're messing around with your templates, there's a mode you can go into where you've got a live view of the page above this the, this little area. And then the area below, you go in and say, you can click on any element on the page. And, you, and it says, okay, you just clicked on an H1. And the entire range of CSS attributes is there. So you click on H1 and you go, I want that to be small caps, pound CCC, uh, 1.2M, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You do that all from this one little control panel, you hit it, and then it goes, and now that's part of your template and you can apply it anywhere. So a lot of the stuff where, I mean, you could cobble this together from a million different places and you certainly can do that, but there's no greater testimonial that I can give you than to say that I use the living crap out of this. I could probably make it a little better by not saying crap, but uh, I really like Squarespace and uh, I don't want to cry. And they're not jackals. Did you know that? I did. You know how I can tell they're not jackals? How? Because they're giving you literal, literal money. Literal money back. Not literal money. It's a, technically a discount. But, uh, but they, uh, it's a new month, so we've got a new code. What is it? Yeah. So if you go to uh, squarespace.com slash back to work. That's just letters. Um, it's the month of November, right? Mm-hmm. It's Nano, Romo, Como, Tomo, Pomo, Como, Bomo, Rimo, <laughs> Beardmo, Rolvember. Is that what it's called? Move, new move. month, new month. So you go to, back, uh, you go to squarespace.com slash back to work and we have a new coupon code. Dan, are you ready? Mm. You get 20% off six months. Okay. Squarespace. So angry. <laughs> That's a good one. Easy go to in, remember. You sign up, enter the code so angry and they will literally save you, unique, literally save you money. Wow. Yeah, so we'll put that in show notes. But... The only solution I have to this is to start doing other stuff with them where I demonstrate this. I had this idea where I want to create a, a blog from scratch as a screencast just to show you how this stuff works. Importing stuff from all the other systems that all works. I'm going to shut up now. Can Squarespace. I do the voiceover for Space. that? Space. What's that? If you do that, can I do the voiceover? Do you do the voiceover for that? Oh, yeah. I would so for love that. Like the Vim thing. Yeah. Yeah. You just give me a script. I'll read it. Well, you know, there's that, there's that other podcast I do that you don't listen to that's on Squarespace. And like, I've been talking to this really cool guy who does... Is it Adam? Huh? Adam? I'm not familiar with his work. This guy's name is Ted and he's the best. He's actually at Ted. He's at Ted. Well, I mean, he's not at the the conference, the douche conference. His name is literally Ted. And so if you go to Twitter slash Ted, this guy, and uh, he's the best. And every episode he does some kind of mind-blowingly great, like... Uh, Photoshop-y art project based on that. And I've been talking to him about maybe helping us with some design stuff because here's the thing. All the design stuff, they actually have an SDK now for their uh, version 6 thing uh, that'll make this even easier. But you can, if you want your designer to do the craziest thing in the world, they, this, they have ID'd and classed the crap out of all of this HTML. So you can basically do anything you want with this custom uh, CSS. You can create your own little attributes. This is so obnoxious. I'm going to shut up. I'm sorry. This is way too long. It's like 20 minutes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the, the timers. Com slash oh. back to work. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wow, how's that new car they sent you? Jeez. Ryan, would it kill you? Would it kill you to just walk, literally walk over to the office? Just go to Anthony's office. Go, knock on the door. Say, you know what? Throw a brother a bone. You know? Not literally a bone. 
But if you want, if you want to put my invite or? on a bone, I'll take it. Nice. I'm that guy now. I'm that guy that asks for invites now. Oh, man. Anyway, squarespace.com slash back to work. Please use the coupon code so angry. Uh, please literally, <laughs> uniquely just try this. Um, and we thank uh, Squarespace uh, for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Would it be better if we put music under it, like a long, like in a Gata de Vida or something that would actually play for, through the whole spot that you do? Is that how it goes? It's kind of like that, Close right? enough for me. That sounded like it. Is it kind of like that? It's a little darker. Oh, you mean like a Metallica kind of feel? Well, almost. It predates Metallica. Let's see here. Hold on. <laughs> now, were you, you weren't a fan, right? I don't, I, I, I don't see you as, as an early Metallica fan. You were still, you're still, still sitting around um, uh, listening to Moby Grape and stuff, right? No. It depends on the Metallica time period, really. Oh, totally. Okay, I don't have a pick. So, boy, that's value there. Um, should we close up? With which part of strength? Can we talk a little more about tolerance? Because I think it's an angle. People are going to hate this episode. Cut that out. Um, <laughs> so, 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 uh, uh, just at at the risk of beating this to death, by at the risk of beating this to death, beating this to death. Uh, I I think the first principles on this stuff are, and uh, we're we're not even in the stack at this point. We're just we're just in a pretty common thing that, like, uh, except for Dan, almost all of us tend to start by thinking about how something affects us. Now, it strikes me, Dan, that because you're somebody who is you so can't think that way. Uh, wonderfully concerned about how things affect others. Well, you know, that's why I made the crack about your lawn, you know, because sometimes the people like that, that guy who's sipping coffee or that guy who's eating the burrito or that guy who's playing the Italian disco, like their first reaction might be, Oh my God, you have no idea how much louder I want to listen to this. Like you have, you have, you have <laughs> right. no it's already, idea. it's already quiet. Well, no, what are you not, talking like, about? Like, from your point of view, that's like, <laughs> that, that, that's monkey balls. That makes no sense at all. Right. But, but, but to somebody else, like to the other guy going, and, and here's where it gets fun. Because if you say to coffee slurping uh, stepdad, or you say to burrito sucking lady, let me start over. If you say to somebody who's making a funny choo choo noise with their, with their mouth, you say, Hey, could you knock that off? They could go, I'll tell you what, let's do this. How about I knock it off when you stop having 14 years of brain crushing BO? And you go, What do you, you, you just, what? Like, no, no. And then suddenly other people, like they, they set things down, they stand up, the heads come out of the cubes and go, no, like seriously, you like really deeply, deeply stink. Like you are a really, really unpleasant smelling. You, 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 you smell like a, like a, like a, oh, I don't know, like an ammonia a homeless shelter kind of thing. You need to work on that, right? Because you don't know that. You don't know that. You got your reasons. You're busy. You know, you don't have time to really take a good soak. Maybe that whole time, that's what that person was thinking. The whole time that you were sitting there. And yes, it would, in an ideal universe, we would go down and talk to each other about these things. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, are you cool going and talking to people about how they send you way too much email? Mm. Are you cool about going and talking to people about how you've had five years of them calling last-minute meetings with no agenda? Are you okay about going to people and saying the way that you you kind of half-mentioned there's a meeting without ever really like putting it on a calendar? Like... 
if you're not okay with doing any of that back to work stuff, like why would you ever be okay with the back to work stuff of going, you know what, you kind of stink a little bit mm. or like your coffee sipping thing drives me crazy. Because even in as much as you might walk around all day, as my friend John Roderick says, steaming about that, you might walk around with that just on your mind constantly until you're obsessed with it. And let's say you maybe even went upstairs and talked to, uh, talk to you know, uh, Giorgio Moroder or whoever lives upstairs. God, it'd be so awesome to live under Giorgio Moroder. Do you know who he is? I do not. Oh, man, he produced all those Donna Summer uh, records. I feel... And, and then uh, uh, Midnight Express... You know that song? Mm-mm. Called The Chase. Look it up. So you got Giorgio Moroder, who has an awesome mustache. Uh, and you go up there and you say... Are there any pictures of you with facial hair out there I could see? Oh. Not like your you, little your little uh, you look metro serious? beard or whatever. The AD? You, got, you got time for an AD today? Oh, yeah. Quickie. Okay. Let's circle back Save it that. for that. We'll come back to that. But all I'm trying to say is if you went up there, you might say, uh, maybe you go up and go up to an Italian, uh, Italian disco guy and go, well, um, uh, you know, whatever I've got, I've got some kind of a horrible, horrible disease and I'm getting divorced. And, uh, the reason I have these boots is because I lost my job and now I'm, I'm a construction worker doing this stuff I don't like. And the hour a day that I get to listen to this crappy music is the only thing that makes me not want to kill myself. Like you may not even know that. So you can go up there and you could negotiate that. But anytime you even negotiate with somebody, you have to start out from this position of going, there's an aggrievement here that we should find some middle ground on. And this is what I say, Dan, if somebody came up to you who doesn't play music loud and they told you to turn your music down, what kind of case... Yes, I know you'd have them in and give them tea and make them sit on the floor and think about the universe or yeah, whatever. Yeah, of course. But like, wouldn't you feel a little a bit like... like a kidnapping. Like, you don't... That's not really like a thing I do. Like, no, I don't have BO, right? Now, I'm actually super careful about BO. Well, that doesn't change the fact you might still really have BO. Right. So this gets us to the strength part. And this is where I think it gets interesting, nuanced, complicated, and maybe a little boring. Strength is about way more than brute strength, right? What's it called? The, the clean and jerk? The, the, the jerk it? What's it called? Like when you get those big guys where, where their butt falls out because they pulled too hard. What's that called? Clean and jerk? Wow, I don't know. I'm not familiar with this you one. You ever seen those photos, the one that happens? Uh, the goatsy thing? Oh, there's a name for that. What's it called? Uh, it's not a hernia, but it's a thing where you push too hard and your butt falls out. You ever seen that? Can I just say don't Google that? What do I, What would I Google there anyway? I don't even know uh, how I... Weight, how weight, lift, you... weight lift, butt, fall, or falling. It's Boolean, so you do the or in caps. Oh, 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 by the way, uh, stop using plus sign as an operator. Because now, now, now plus means social douche stuff. It doesn't mean the single most important thing on Google. Plus and quotation marks. Now quotation marks means plus? Really? Don't get me started on Google right now. Dan, I am literally so angry with Google right now. I think my butt's going to fall out. What's it called? It's not preapsis. Is that, is that the boner one? Priapism. Okay. How'd you know that? There oh, are, you watch a lot of sports. You watch sports. So you hear those long commercials. Long commercials. Boy, that Abilify does not sound like something I'd want to take. They all seem to have a lot of side effects. Abilify, it's such a delightful little cartoon about feeling a little bit better. And it's like, Abilify, open windows, kitten, tissue box, trees, smiling mirror, happy meal family. And then it's like, it's like three minutes of the cartoon continues and it's, your face may fall off. Please be aware that your arm made me turn into a tree. Do not eat anything green for the for six months. If your fingernails turn into literal dragons, please stop. discontinue use. Tell your doctor if you... And it's like, wow, that's a lot. 
two, a build, a five. All my side effects apparently involve changing the topic and talking fast, which brings me back to strength. I think if we get away from that position of strength, it's just meaning brute strength. And, uh, and, and again, I mean, how many horrible managers and horrible employees think that that's what strength or if you like power is, right? It's a terrible manager or a terrible director or a terrible anybody who thinks that their job is to exercise power, right? Um, if, you, if you have to exercise power, you're probably not very powerful. A really powerful person exudes that in a way that they never have to go do their kung fu on somebody. Because, you know, if you're always yelling at people and trying to be powerful, it makes you seem like some crazy Snuffy Smith character. It doesn't make you seem like a lucid person who understands how people think. It makes you seem weird. So a certain amount of strength is like also understanding things like timing. It means understanding things like context. It means understanding that everybody has their reasons, but it also means having an extraordinary amount of tolerance. So we should probably do tolerance as well. we're running long. So we should probably do tolerance as a whole other thing. Tolerance. Tolerance is huge. And like when I, I've talked about these like weird breakthroughs with my stack. And for me, one of them was when I, uh, forgive me if you've heard this, uh, but when I, when I was thinking about the inbox zero stuff and, and how much or whether it could extend beyond just email, um, I realized that, that for me, like an in, first of all, an inbox is anything that might contain something you might want to know about which is two really big mites if you think about it. Like if you knew what was in there, like you wouldn't be sweating it. But actually every inbox, almost almost every inbox of any kind, whether that's your email or a human being or a box you haven't opened, <laughs> is something that contains information that is some combination of unknown, uh, undefined, and incomplete. Right? Like if you knew what was in your inbox, it wouldn't be an inbox anymore. The fact that there's probably something in there, even if you know there's something in there, but you, if you see the number, right, you see the 32, well, 32 what are in there? Is it with me so far? Yep. So if you see the little 32, you got to go, oh, do you have the tolerance to just be okay with that 32? Probably not because you have to know the unknown. And so what do you do? You go and you look at your email and now you see a bunch of email, right? And now you know that maybe even like generally speaking what those 32 things are. If you're on your information phone, you see the subject line and a couple lines. You might go and cherry pick a little bit. But most of us are more interested in getting rid of that feeling of anxiety of not knowing than we are in actually doing something with that stuff. Otherwise, the inbox would not be the first thing you see in every email application. All right? And so what happens? You've now turned something that's unknown into some, to a large pile of stuff that is um, undefined or is unknown. Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I should have eaten. I should have eaten, shouldn't I? Prolapse. Prolapse. Pre, 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 preapsism. Hmm. Hmm. If it's undefined uh, or it's in... Um, uh, 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 but you got all this stuff where like now you know it's there, but you don't know what it really is or you don't know what it really does. Do you know what I mean? If you get an email from somebody, even if it's like a, a good subject line... You're, you're, well, okay, well, well, now what? Now you got to go read the rest of the email to know what you really need to know. Well, you know it's there, but it's not really defined. It's not really, it's, you don't know what to do about it, right? You may have to go read, and let's say you've got these 32 emails, like you're going into the tunnel, you check your email, now you got the 32 emails, and one of them is this long email that might be about a meeting. Well, now it's going to take time to go and read that, which is fine. 
But but if you go all the way down there and now you've decided you think it might be about a meeting, well, what does that mean? Well, now do you write another email to that person to clarify about that? Do you send out a tungle to see when everybody can go to that meeting? Do you put it on your calendar? I would posit that a lot of people do none of those things. They close that email and go to the next one. So now you've got an unknown thing that has become this uh, kind of undefined thing. I'm forgetting the word I was using earlier. But then, you know, now you've generated, you've gone from unknown to undefined to now you've gone to incomplete because that thing's not done. It's still sitting in your inbox. And now what? Now you've got this big pile of stuff, right? So unless you're a real ninja, and then this is where it does get to the, like, if you don't have a better system, it doesn't hurt to do inbox zero just because that means if you find the time to check email, you might as well find the time to do all this stuff. And if you don't do the task then, at least put the task somewhere. But like, you know, go all the way down to the bottom. Okay, so... What became a breakthrough for me, and I'm almost done, is realizing that um, the unknown, uh, the... Why am I having such a brain fart, Dan? What was that second word? I don't know. You didn't need enough, man. You're on a hypoglycemic uh, binge purge thing. Hyperinsulemia. Uh, Oh, oh, man. It'll come to me. But so if you've got a bunch of stuff that's some mix... Uh, there's unknown things, there's undefined things, and there's incomplete things. Well, that, that is really kind of a recipe for disaster. And so I have this theory, uh, it's just a theory, that amongst the many kinds of tolerances that help us get better at our work, it helps to have a tolerance, ha-ha, ambiguity, which is similar to undefined, mm, right? So yeah. when you take something that's unknown and you kind of just look at it a little bit, like it's ambiguous because you haven't really figured out exactly what to do about it or you obviously haven't done it. Mm-hmm. And so it's my belief that uh, not just with email, but with anything, it's useful, even if you don't do this, like I don't do this 100% of the time, but it's something I strive for, is to learn how much you can tolerate, how much unknown, how much ambiguous, and how much incomplete you can tolerate in your life. And when I say unknown, and, and why do I say all those? I say that because those all three take a ridiculous amount of strength. And it does take courage, and it does take resolve, and it does take care. It takes all that stuff. Because if you don't have a tolerance for the unknown, you're never going to stop, for example, checking your email all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't have a tolerance uh, for the unknown, well, you know what? You, you're never going to know everything. It's, there's this Heisenberg thing where all the information you have is either going to be incomplete or not up to date. Right? The second you check your email, you may be up to date, but you're going to be not up to date the second you stop. Right? And, and again, I, I'm divorcing here the idea that email is important. I know that's a big part of your job and stuff. But the thing is, do you have a sense of that? Right? If you, if you, you may believe right now that you do have to check email almost constantly because there might be something in there you need to know about. Well, if you go back and look at a month of email, that might be really illuminating to go how many of those things you really did need to know about every four minutes. But, but the point is, the unknown part goes for lots of things. Um, you just can't know everything. And the drive to want to know or to like say, oh, what is the label for this? Like, what is, what's out there? The ability to go like, I'm going to be okay with a certain amount of that today. And that might mean checking email less as the, the classic example. But then the, it gets even more complicated then because like how much... Um, ambiguous stuff can you handle? In the case of your inbox, are you okay with having 150 red messages that are in your inbox? Well, sure, I'm fine with that. Well, okay, well, like, why are they there? Are you going to do something about those? Well, I guess. Okay, well, then that's, that's, that's kind of either ambiguous or incomplete. It's ambiguous if you haven't figured out what to do about it, and it's incomplete if you haven't either done it or put it somewhere. 
And so if your tolerance for ambiguity is very high, it's okay with you to have a bunch of stuff in the inbox, for example. If you say, it really means a lot to me to start this podcast, and I'm not even sure if it's going to get successful or what it's going to be about. Well, for me, like I have a lot of tolerance for that ambiguity. I'm fine to just keep doing a thing like we've done here, right? Until it'll eventually, it'll, I'm, I'm not worried that it'll turn into something or if it turns into nothing, we can always ditch. A lot of people aren't, aren't confident with that kind of ambiguity. Ambiguity in your relationships. How much can you stand not knowing that your boss loves you that day? Well, that could make you a really annoying person, always trying to close out that ambiguity. And finally, the incomplete part. Like how much can you handle having a lot of incompleteness in your life? And for most of it, we say that's okay, but it's really crazy making. To know that there's a lot of stuff that you kind of started and haven't finished, and on top of it, you don't even know how much is out there. Well, one pattern is to try and always have nothing unknown, nothing ambiguous, and nothing incomplete. Right? Yeah. But that's not sustainable. Um, it would also really be nice if I could just make Giorgio Moroder always just not listen to disco. It would be really nice if I could get my neighbor to break down boxes like I like it broke it down. <laughs> it would be really nice if Dan never had to have anybody ever ask him to improve something he thought he was already really good at. But that's not how it works. And there's an element of tolerance to all of those things. And in some ways, it's just phrase, I told you this one time a long time ago. I think I said it on here. It's like it's like kind of one of my secret mantras. Uh, but to me, the mantra of tolerance uh, is... Um, I've decided not to let it bother me. <laughs> like if I get mad about something or I'm feeling really anxious about something, I, I don't mean it as a way to just cover my ears and hum. But sometimes a form of tolerance can be I've decided not to let it bother me. Like if, if, if I've got a lot of email I got to deal with, well, go deal with it. <laughs> if you can't tolerate the loudness of the Italian disco, well, then you're going to have to go figure out to either not mind it or move or talk to that person. Mm-hmm. But they may think that they're being extremely tolerant of you. They, they, they may wonder why you're always filling up the garbage cans or why you always use up all the hot water or, or whatever it is. So I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at the heart of it is like all of these things have something to do with strength, but all the stuff that's really effective that has anything to do with strength has almost nothing to do with trying to be a bully or in any way falling short of understanding that everybody else is probably doing as well as they can today as well. And the tolerance part is like for yourself as you do your stuff. Um, I, you understand here, I'm not telling you what you should be tolerant about. I'm not even telling you how much you should be tolerant about it, but you should know that, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't care what you care about, but you should know what you care about. Same here. Like, just consider if there's something that is a perpetual bee in your bonnet, consider if there's a way you could turn it into a tolerance question. Because that's where strength is. Strength is the ability to go, well, I'm going to either have to be okay with that guy's chewing noise or I'm going to have to have the courage to do something about it that's not, that's not jerky. I think that's what strength is. Mm -hmm. That and the ability to pick up something without your butt falling out. Can I button this up? Let's do it. I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. <laughs>